You are listening to Metrics and Chill, a podcast about business metrics and the interesting ways that people improve them. I'm John Benini, and I'm your host. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Metrics and Chill. I still love saying that name. Um, I hope it'll never get old. I don't think it'll ever get old, but I, I love saying that name. Welcome to another episode of Metrics and Chill. My guest today is Ben Saylor, who is the Inbound Marketing Director over at CoSchedule. Hey, Ben. Welcome to hey. the show. Thanks a lot for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, so Ben is coming on to tell a really cool story, and I think it's probably one that a lot of businesses have experienced over the last, I don't know, five years or so, maybe less, which is the evolution from you know, running your marketing strictly as an inbound marketing engine that's just generating an email list and then like, you know, that's sales problem to monetize that list to shifting more to the mindset of driving people who are reading the blog, reading the content to relevant signup pages, high intent signup pages and taking more of an active role and actually driving, helping to drive trials, product usage and things like that, which is, I think, uh, a common transition that we've seen a lot of companies make over the last several years as people have moved toward whatever you want to call it product led or, you know, whatever the sexy names are for it. But Ben's basically going to talk about that. That's, that's essentially our metric that we're going to be going over today. But Ben, why don't you just give us the high level first on what is co-schedule so we can, you know, place all this within context. Yeah, absolutely. So co-schedule, is a family of marketing products that help marketers and marketing teams um, organize and execute their work. Our core offering uh, that people are probably most likely to be familiar with is our content calendar software. Um, We also offer a headline testing tool, uh, a free tool called our headline analyzer and a premium tool called headline studio. I have used Uh, that headline analyzer many times. (laughs) Yeah, it's a, yeah, that um, that it, that that is probably our our greatest success story. Honestly, <laughs> is that uh, our headline uh, testing tools. Um, then we also offer CoSchedule Academy, which is um, where we offer uh, marketing courses and, and education on a subscription basis. So those are our uh, our, our our three product lines. Cool. Uh, we, I would assume that yeah. The, so the headline analyzers is more of like a gateway into the product, free product. I would assume drives a ton of traffic and and probably a ton of leads too. Yeah. So for a long time, the headline analyzer, like we kind of tried to use that to direct traffic to our calendar product and it didn't really work the way that we wanted it to. So we we're like, well, people really, really like uh, the headline analyzer. Why don't we just make a paid headline tool that just has more robust functionality? And so that actually had like its... Uh, official like it kind of had like a soft launch like it existed and you could find it like last fall (laughs) um but we actually launched in earnest maybe my sense of time is terrible ever since the pandemic started but it was maybe like a month maybe a month or two ago and that actually launched and so the headline analyzer upsells people to headline studio and that's a really really cool tool and um just seeing like what our our dev teams like what they kind of have up their sleeves for it coming down the pipe is it's it's cool it's cool nice. stuff yeah so relevant to your to your buyer but maybe not necessarily relevant to your core product which was the marketing calendar tool 
Yeah. Yep. That's kind of, um, yeah. And like, I'm kind of still learning how to talk about these things because the whole concept of having multiple product lines is new. Um, for a long time, it was our, what we call our marketing calendar and our marketing suite. And like the marketing suite is basically like, you could just kind of pick pieces of the product and kind of have like an a la carte sort of model for what you want. Because like we have like our calendar, but it's like for a long time, like we were known for like social media scheduling, which like is old school for us. It's like we offer it, but it's not, it's not the main reason people buy us anymore. Um, And so we've been really doing a lot of work. I think like one to offer just a more diverse range of products that like serve the things that people come to us for. And also trying to like turn around some, uh, you know, some misperception. It's like we grow so quickly and just do so much stuff that like it can be difficult for people to, uh, to keep up, I guess. Cause like people aren't necessarily paying that close attention to, you know, the, the right. granular details of, of of what we do. And so if, if someone had an idea of what they thought co-schedule was five years ago, that's completely out of date now. So right. yeah, probably the same could be said for yeah, most companies, probably, especially in the software space. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And if it's not, then um, you either have a really, really awesome product that does one thing super well, or you're just not evolving. Yeah, probably yeah, own the market. Um so yeah, let, let's get into the metrics. So so basically, yeah. really interesting story, you know, and 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 one in in uh, in self awareness and talking about how you needed to shift from just generating leads and building up the email list and then leaving it to other people or sales, whoever to monetize, to shifting more towards mm-hmm. how can marketing and how can the content you create, you know, a, you know, be attributable attributed. <laughs> <laughs> to more trials, to more people signing yeah. up for the product, to more sales. So first, like what, how did you identify this area as an opportunity? Like what caused this change to take place? Yeah, for sure. So to begin that answer, um, for a long time at CoSchedule, the goal of inbound marketing, and when we say inbound, we really just mean like organic Inbound, sure, so like yeah. SEO, social, email, pretty much. Um, our our goal was just to increase traffic and then build our email list. Uh, and then we would figure out how to monetize that list later. Um, and that was it. That was what we were, our, our success was was gauged based on how well our blog content and how well our landing pages and webinars and and other such things how many email signups did those things drive and that was it it was really really simple we didn't try to put too much weight you know for the uh, like the entire sales process like we didn't try to attribute too much of it to inbound we just try to keep it limited to what are the things that we can concretely say that inbound marketing actually contributed to the bigger picture and that was it what we kind of found, though, was we got really, really successful with SEO. We got really, really successful with just, oh, sorry, notification popped up there. Um, 
we got we we got really good at building a very large email list but sales didn't really seem to be tracking with the growth of that list right in the way that you would maybe expect like growing the list wasn't really like a one to one correlation with like sales going up along with it and so what we identified there was um there, there needed to be a tighter connection between what inbound marketing was doing and uh, actually driving leads. And we needed to rethink how, what, who we even considered a lead. It used to be like if you were an email subscriber, we were convinced that we could sell to you. That was it, just by virtue of being an email subscriber. Right. And we learned that that wasn't true. <laughs> and so we just had to get more sophisticated and just kind of mature our approach. And so, um, that led us, um, I mean, it's kind of led us to ask a lot of different questions and to test a lot of different things and just like really think really hard about a lot of different things. Um, but we, we wanted to still have a concrete number, you know, that we could tie to inbound marketing activity that showed, that inbound was getting just a little bit closer to influencing sales, actually influencing like profitable um, activity that went beyond just building the email list and that went beyond just making the list someone else's problem. Right. You know, like it couldn't just be like we have a marketing automation team. When I say team, it's one guy and an intern, but it would be their job, you know, to, like execute like the actual like strategy for automation. We have a product marketing team that's, you know, actually responsible for driving conversions. We have sale, like a sales team that's, you know, obviously responsible for closing leads. But what was happening was we're just building a huge email list. And then it was just really hard for those folks to do anything with it. Right. Because just because you were interested in downloading a piece of gated content, on a marketing topic that wasn't that closely related to any product that we offer, you might be someone who could conceivably be a good customer for us. But if they're not in that mindset and they don't even have an accurate understanding of what we do or who we are or why they should care, like the thing they cared about was just the thing that they downloaded that made them an email subscriber. Right. Right. They don't necessarily care about buying a product and it just, uh, it made it really hard, you know, for everybody else to, uh, you know, maybe get their numbers to move the way that they wanted because at the top of the funnel, we just weren't, we weren't looking at enough data. We weren't looking at the right data. We weren't tracking the right things. We weren't, taking accountability for the right things. And so, right. So tell me about the, like the nuts and bolts of actually how you make that change and how you start actually driving more mm -hmm. engagement towards relevant pages, towards trials. Cause it can't be just as simple as just, all right, we're just going to slap different CTAs in here and link to our product page, right? You probably have to rethink what type of content should we create that will align Mm -hmm. better with, you know, some of our products so that that CTA isn't jarring <laughs> yep. and it actually is going to move the needle. So like, tell us about the actual X's and O's. How did you actually make that shift and drive more engagement towards trials and sales? Yeah, for sure. And so it's, it was really murky for a long time, like maybe a few years ago. And 
I mean, even now in some ways, I mean, there's a lot of stuff we had to figure out in the process of getting to where we are now was messy. Um, we had to ask a lot of questions and get a lot of things wrong before we got anything right. Um, or to where we actually felt confident about what we were doing. But, um, where everything started was one, we needed to identify of the hundreds of blog posts that we published, which are the ones that actually, um, have a close connection to a product. And how do you determine that? Just literally just read it. Like, does it have a tie into the product? Does it, is it talking about how to create like a editorial calendar, for example, just the actual subject matter? Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's just common sense. Like it's a value judgment, you know, like, but just, we, we identified like, what are the things that have an obvious connection, Mm -hmm. you know, that doesn't feel like a, a stretch in any way. So for us, it'd be content that's about calendars, uh, you know, maybe content that's about planning content that's about, you know, getting organized. Uh, and then from there, um, you know, as we kind of started to diversify our product lines and we actually had like, like once we had like a, you know, paid courses and we had a paid headline tool, we identified pieces that maybe align with those things too. So that could be blog posts about marketing education, marketing skill development, marketing courses, marketing, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And then also we had blog posts that we had written about headlines and writing headlines. So obviously anything that's about writing a headline, you can draw a pretty clear connection between that and like the headline analyzer. So you kind of refocused your editorial calendar more so to address those three product lines. Yeah, we wanted to make sure that... Um, we, we first we just wanted to identify like what do we have right now that's actually aligned with a product right so that we're not so that like we can actually like apply some common sense and like yeah like more stuff like, on more stuff on planning more stuff on optimizing a headline yeah you know yeah. Um, more stuff on learning right like learning a new skill rather than just any random maybe marketing topic that you might read on like HubSpot, for example. Yeah. Yep. And so in, and for us, like fortunately we already had a lot of the content created. We just needed to change the way that we thought about it. Mm. And then we needed to change the change, what we considered to be a good conversion on those pages. And so we, we started by identifying, you know, like which content has the strongest uh, connection to product. Um, so that was the first thing. And then, um, the second thing was, okay, well, if someone reading this content is likely interested in a product that helps them do like the thing that they came to us for, what's a call to action that would interest that person that goes beyond just downloading a template beyond just downloading a a resource and like a lot of that content still has that in there but it's set up to like and this is where i can't speak like any kind of an expert on how it actually works but the the idea is that we can identify you know like if you're already on the email list instead of asking you to download another thing we're going to show you a call to action that gets you to a product right that you're interested in or we'll make sure that there's a call to action maybe before you're on the email list so that you can kind of see somewhere like so you're aware that a product exists 
and you can actually get from that blog post to like a product page or to a, a trial signup page or a demo page. And there's other things that are in place that I have zero authority to talk about the actual mechanics of it, but it can detect, um, you know, whether you might be a better fit for a trial or a better fit for a demo based on the kind of company that you're in or just other. So demographic information. Yeah. Yep. Um, And so basically the change there was instead of just trying to get people on the email list and then throwing Hail Marys, um, it was how can we just shorten the path, you know, between identifying users with that have demonstrated that or have shown us that they're highly likely to be interested in a product and just getting them to like right a product related be more thoughtful about the content you're producing and how that aligns with your different product lines which sounds super obvious right but it is really easy and really sexy to write about a lot of things that are going to drive a ton of traffic you know i think we've all been when been guilty of that um that don't actually align well with the product and maybe don't result in any further engagement with the brand. So tell me the actual results. Like what have you been seeing in terms of increases um, in number of people that you're driving to sales pages, number of trials started, number of sales, like, you know, what, what type of results are you seeing there and how do you measure that? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. So um, the actual, I guess, conversion step that we track is, how many people are getting from one page to the next page that we want them to get onto? So a blog post to a to free a, trial or, a, yeah. or like the trial for the marketing calendar tool or the headline analyzer or something like that. Yep. Yeah. And so for, for my team and for myself, the metric is how many people got from the blog to that page. At that point, it's the job of that page to actually drive a conversion or to actually get like a trial sign up or demo sign up or whatever the case may be. If I can just get people to look at that page, as far as we're concerned, my team has done its job. How do you measure that? You just use GA and track like page level path or something like that? Uh, We use KISS metrics. Okay. um, Because we use KISS metrics to track a lot of stuff. Like I think that you could pretty easily you could just use Google Analytics just to look at how many people are moving from one page to the next. Right. But we use um, we we happen to use Kiss Metrics uh, to do that, um, and we just look at you know like how many people who viewed this page, how many of them viewed the other page, and then right. there's another team that's actually looking at those pages too, and actually looking at like, what is the conversion rate for people actually getting into new trials and the new demos and, and all that stuff. But since, since we started um, tracking that, which I mean, like when you're starting from zero, cause you never tracked a thing before your numbers, like by default have a tendency to just look awesome. Cause if you went from <laughs> zero to one, that's a hundred percent. Yeah. 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 You know? Um, so it's, it's important not to be misled, but you know, what we've seen um, is without giving away too much, like the conversion rates on those are extremely high. It's double digits. Right. Um, so probably somewhere around like 30%, right, you know, right. like people actually like 
clicking the the call to action and getting onto that page. And it's just for like all like we'll just look at how many people who visited this page went to the next page. Um, the numbers are higher than I thought they would be. So um, it's been really interesting. It's been I think it's been a really healthy mental exercise for us to just think differently about it. And it's what it's helped us do is if we get asked, what is this blog post doing to actually drive sales? We have a better answer than it. Well, it got an email sign up, you right. know, and then, okay, then what happened to that person? I don't know. Right. Like, and what we had done before years ago was like, it wasn't very elegant, but we would just have like hard coded calls to action. Maybe that would just be like, get organized with co-schedule, start your 14 day trial. And it's like, well, most people are going to just blow past that because yeah. the calls to action, they look the same roughly as the other graphics that we have in our blog posts uh, for one. And also um, we weren't necessarily tracking. I don't know. We were kind of where it was kiss metrics, but the way it was tracked was kind of fuzzy. It was hard to know how accurate it actually was sure. just because of the way we set, just because of the way we set up the, the whole process for measurement and like it just didn't really work just because uh, it, it was just a very rudimentary execution of the same idea but now it's like the calls to action are just better like they're better designed they're better written they're better tracked i mean it's just we've just gotten better at it just in general but it's helped us begin to answer like a really common question that I think like a lot of content marketers have is like, what are they actually doing to drive sales? Right. And some of that gets like, it gets really, really murky. And I think also it maybe scares companies away from investing in content because they think so much of it is if, if all you can say is we drove traffic, traffic doesn't pay the bills. An email list by itself doesn't pay the bills just creating like you get told create great content in air yeah. quotes right yeah no one tells you what great content is yeah no one tells you what defines what is great content and so i think like we kind of fell into this trap it's like well our content is awesome we think like it's super educational it's super informative why aren't people buying right and it's because there's a lot of steps and a lot of things you have to start connecting between that first visit from that person who doesn't know who you are or what you do right. to actually making a sale. And we got really, really good at the first part of that. And what we've kind of learned is we need to, we, we need to figure out and we, what we've been working toward is just figuring out, you know, how, how do we connect the dots? Yeah. You know, I, from from I, one step to the next. I love that lesson there. Intent over attention. And it's easy to fall into the yep. trap of, of really falling in love with all the attention that you get from maybe blogging about specific topics. But what you've done in that shift to focusing more on high intent topics that have a tight alignment with the product mm -hmm. and driving people to relevant pages and seeing the impact that that's had on sales. That's that's exciting stuff. So. Ben, yeah, thank you sure. so much for, for coming on and sharing all this information. Really cool to, to get to know CoSchedule a little bit. And the story behind this, uh, this evolution, I think a lot of marketers have either gone through or are going through now. So thanks for coming on and sharing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on the show.
Thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode valuable, check out our other episodes or subscribe to get new ones. If you want to support the show, we'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone. And if you want a tool to help you track and improve your business performance, try Databox free at databox.com.